So you've heard that it's uh, our day to observe the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. Kind of wonder what your reaction to that is. I imagine some of you are thinking, oh good, I'm glad we get to do that. Some of you may be thinking, again, didn't we just do that? And maybe you're one who's thinking, I'm not really sure what that is. Uh, I don't really know why we do that. Why is there such a thing as an international day of prayer for the persecuted church? So I want to answer that question in a couple of ways. Uh, I'm going to start with a video clip from a press conference uh, in Nigeria about a year ago. It was October of 2018. The speaker is a woman named Rebecca Sharabu. Her daughter, Leah, was one of 110 girls who were kidnapped from a school in Nigeria uh, by a group of Muslim extremists, terrorists. And what you need to know is that all of the other girls were released within a month or two, but Leah wasn't. And the reason she wasn't was that she refused when asked and demanded that she deny her faith in Jesus Christ. She refused to do that. She was 15 years old when she did that. So let's watch the clip. So that was one year ago. Leia was captured 16, uh, seven months prior to that, and she still has not been released. That's why we have an International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. That's one reason. But of course, Leia's situation is not the only one. Um, imagine if, if she were your daughter. If, imagine if she were your sister or a close friend. Imagine waking up every day and knowing that your loved one is still held in captivity. That, that's why we pray. Um, but her situation isn't the only one. Uh, just to give you a few numbers, last year over 245 million Christians, just for perspective, there are 325 million people in the U.S. That's our total population. Uh, 245 million Christians were living in places with severe persecution where believing in Jesus and seeking to live the way he wants you to can literally cost you everything, cost you your home, your job, your family, and possibly even your life. Uh, last year, uh, 4,305 Christians were killed for their faith. 1,800 church buildings were damaged or destroyed. 
3,150 believers were detained, arrested, or imprisoned just last year. Uh, beatings, even rape and torture are not unusual. Five years ago, only one country was ranked as extreme in its persecution of Christians. This last year, 11 nations were. So the question for us, obviously, is what do we do about that? Well, God gives us an answer in Hebrews 13, 3. It says, Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and remember those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Now, this isn't talking about anyone who's in prison for any reason or anybody who's mistreated for any reason, although certainly good to pray for all, everybody who is. But this is, a, this, is, this is remembering those who are experiencing those things because they believe in Jesus and are seeking to follow him. The Apostle Paul knew all about this uh, because he spent himself a fair amount of time in prison because he was a believer in Jesus. And during one of those imprisonments, he wrote this. This is at the end of his letter to the Colossians, chapter 4. He says, I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Remember my chains. Can you hear the emotion in that? Don't forget me. Don't forget, I'm still in prison. Remember me. Remember your brothers and sisters in Christ who are in prison for their faith. What a serious request that is. And yet it can be so hard for us to remember because our lives are so different. Well, that's why we have a day like this, to help us remember. And here's why it's a day of prayer, okay? Of all the things that we can do to remember the persecuted, the most helpful thing we can do is pray for them. And that's not to say we shouldn't do other things. We shouldn't, you know, write letters or petition those in authority to act on behalf of those who are persecuted. But the one thing we absolutely must remember to do above everything else we do is to pray. Keep on praying for the persecuted. Now, I think it's obvious that that's a good thing to do. And it's obviously a biblical thing to do. But it may not be obvious why that's the most helpful thing we can do. Because that's what I said. I said, that's the most helpful thing we can do. You might think, really? Praying for them? You know, it seems like every time there's a, a tragedy and Christians go on social media and say, well, we should pray for these people. Nowadays, people get all upset and say, what do you mean pray for them? Why don't you do something that makes a difference, you know? Well, it's not an either or. It's not pray or help in some other way. But of course we want to pray. Prayer is the most helpful thing we can do. Why? Because God can do things we can't do. We can't make people in authority 
act on behalf of the persecuted, but God can. We, we can't cause terrorists in Nigeria to set a prisoner free, but God can. We can't give prisoners the inner strength that they need to endure if they're not released, but God can. We're far away. We can't change their circumstances. We can't visit them. But God can do all of those things and more. And he responds to his people's prayers. Do you find that hard to believe sometimes? That the infinite creator of all things... The God who made the universe, who's not limited by time and space, the one who knows all things. Do you, do you sometimes find it hard to believe that he actually listens to your prayers, if you're a believer in Jesus, that he listens to your prayers, that he cares about what you're praying for, and that he actually responds to your prayers? Because, see, Jesus died and rose from the dead to give us that kind of relationship, to join us to God as a relationship between the father and child, that's the gospel. And if you belong to Christ, that is exactly what he does. He's told us that. Look at Matthew 7. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Philippians 1.19 says something hugely important about this. Look at this. This also was written by Paul during one of his imprisonments. He says this, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Look at those words. Through your prayers. God works through your prayers. We, we might have a hard time understanding that. We may have a hard time believing that. I sometimes wonder if that's why we don't pray more than we do. It's really not so much that we're too busy. Maybe we just have a hard time believing that prayer actually makes a difference. But we may struggle to believe it. But hear, hear it once again. God works through your prayers. And that's why the very best thing, the most helpful thing we can do, not to the neglect of other things, but the most helpful thing we can do for our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ is pray for them. So I don't want to just talk about this. I want us to actually do it. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to do that. But first, there's a couple of things here in Hebrews 13 that will help us do it better. First, it's important to pray with understanding. Pray with understanding. 
When the writer of Hebrews, think about this, when, when this writer first wrote these words, remember those in prison, remember those who are being mistreated, the first people who read that knew who he was talking about. They knew their names. They knew their situations. They knew their families. And those are the kinds of things that if you know those things, it helps you pray better. It helps you pray with understanding. And that's what's one of the great things about the world we're currently living in, is you can actually get information about persecuted Christians so that you can pray with understanding fairly easily. So uh, two groups in particular, Voice of the Martyrs and Open Doors, uh, these are two groups, there are others I'm sure, but these are two that I know about. Uh, this is where I got the information for the, uh, the prisoner profiles that are in your worship folder this morning, and you can, you can go to those websites and you can sign up and you can receive regular notifications to pray with understanding for people. I've done that and I've got to say it's a huge help for me just to remember and to pray with understanding. And then the second thing I think we're told is to pray with compassion Look at the two little words here, as if. Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoner. Remember those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. See what that's, that's saying? That's saying, I should remember these people the way I would want people to remember me if I were unjustly imprisoned. Is it saying I should pray for these people like I would want people to pray for me if I were being beaten and starved and tortured just because I believe in Jesus? I've got to engage my heart. That's what it's saying. How do we do that? Well, we can read their stories, but we need to read them carefully. Use your imagination. Think about what it would be like to be in their shoes. Uh, think about their families. So that when we go to prayer, and I'm going to ask you to look over these profiles, uh, look, at, look at the date when they were arrested. This uh, woman right here who's in Eritrea prison, she was arrested in March 2004. That's 15 years ago. And she's still in prison. And so think. Engage. And then pray. Go to, go to prayer with that, with that attitude. Okay, so let me uh, give us instructions on how we're going to do this. Um, first of all, there's a, there's a scripture reading in your folder. I want you to take that out. And then we're going to read that together because I want us to have the truth of God's word in our minds and hearts when we pray. Then we're going to take a moment and pray for Leah, Sharabu, and her family. And then I'm going to ask you to take the prisoner profiles. There should be a couple of them in your folder, uh, so share. And um, we'll take a few minutes to pray for one, read it, and, and then pray for them. Um, and then I'm going to have you exchange with another one and then pray for that person. So everybody gets prayed for at least a couple of times. 
And then depending on how much time we have, I don't know how, much, how long we can do that. Um, and then when we're done, take it home with you. Keep it in your Bible, put it on your fridge, wherever it will serve as a reminder, and pray for them throughout the year. And keep on praying. So, all right, so let's take the scripture reading. I'm going to ask you to take this out, and will you stand with me? And let's pray, uh, let's read this together. And listen to these promises that God is ultimately ruling, but very clearly his people are going to suffer until the final day when he makes all things right. So let's read this together. We start all together, congregation, and then I'll read the portions labeled leader. Here we go. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Shout for joy, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. 
I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All of this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with people, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. You can have a seat. I invite Kristen Dispro to come, and she's going to lead us in prayer for Leah Sharabu. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this story of Leah, um, that it's come to light to us and that we can pray over her. Um, We want to pray specifically this morning for her parents and her family that are, I'm sure, quite upset um, that they can't be with her, that they don't know what's going on with her right now. I just ask that you would bring them a sense of your presence and peace and comfort that they would be able to continue to have hope to see her again. We pray for the government um, that they would continue um, to engage with the people who are holding Leah hostage, that they will be able to come to her rescue and save her from um, these people who are holding her. And we pray for Leah. Lord, would you continue to give her courage and strength? We pray that she would be able to say that you 
are her strength and help her to continue to find joy in you. And finally, we just pay, pray for the government, Father, that they would be able to see the importance of intervening for your people, that they would make honest efforts to hold um, these radical groups um, to justice and um, be a government who is for their people. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you that we have the ability to come to you. We just ask that you would hear our prayer this morning. Mm-hmm. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. So now, uh, go ahead and take out of your folder uh, the prisoner profiles. And what we're going to do now is pray. Uh, so pick one to start with. And I'll give you about three minutes to pray for that person, and then we'll exchange and pray. And if you don't uh, know what to pray for, I've put on the screen uh, some things that you can specifically ask the Lord about for them. So go ahead and take one. Now, you can either pray uh, just by yourself, or you can uh, partner up with someone around you. Uh, however you want to do it is fine, um, but let's, let's go ahead and pray. So go ahead and begin praying for your first uh, prisoner. Okay, let's go ahead and trade or exchange with with someone else or if you have another profile in your folder and now pray for uh, the second prisoner. Father, we come to you on behalf of our uh, suffering brothers and sisters and We read your promises and we know that you are going to work out this time of affliction, um, that you will cause it to bring about an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. So Lord, we we pray for them. We pray that they would know that glory and, and anticipate that glory and that that would give them strength and courage. In the meantime, Lord, keep, keep them trusting you. Keep their faith from failing. and Let them know they are not alone and they are not forgotten. Lord, help us not forget. Help us continue to pray uh, in the days and weeks to come. Uh, let this not just be a once a year thing for us. Let it be something we are continually doing. Uh, We ask for your grace to help us remember. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.